morning. So would you give a big Calvary welcome to Margo and Alicia Ray this morning? Wow. <laughs> you guys are great. Wow, that's the first ever. I have to admit, that was, it's, it's great. Yes, um, we are Margo and Alicia Ray, and we're actually twins. We're the first twins in the Assembly of God to be doing something like this. So uh, we, it's all new for the national office, and it's all new for us. So we're all walking through this together. And um, we have just a little bit about us, so you're not like, who are they? I'm just going to share a little bit of our lives, not a lot. You're not going to get the whole biography. But uh, <laughs> we've been in ministry for 20 year plus years. Um, we both have been on staff in churches. Um, we've done everything from worship to youth to children and everything. And then um, for seven years, I was a district youth director for Wyoming. So that poster means a lot to me. <laughs> but uh, I ran the camps, conventions and stuff. And then Alicia for five years, right? Or six, seven, seven, awkwardly. Seven years, she was the secretary for the superintendent. And so we've just, we've been doing a lot of stuff in 20 years of ministry. And uh, we are going to be going, of course, to Scotland. Any, any Scots here? Any ancestors? <laughs> ancestors of Scotland. There's actually the same amount of um, Scots outside of Scotland as there is in in Scotland. There's a huge story because of that, but every single church that we go into, someone's heritage is from Scotland. And um, we each had an individual calling to missions. Now, it's a long, long story. We each walked through different things. We were apart for years. It's not like we have been tied to the hip since birth. That's not the case. We, um, we had years of different ministry, doing stuff, and then all of a sudden, I was over there for three-year term, and uh, Alicia came over with a group of women from Wyoming to Ireland. And so they were that close, I'm like, I gotta see them. So I flew over to Ireland, and um, has anybody ever seen the movie The Princess Bride? The Cliffs of Insanity, you know? The Cliffs of Moore. So as you do, as a good British person, you have to have a cup of tea right at the coffee shop right there and we were having a cup of tea and god spoke to us why not both of you go it took a year because we're like i don't think that's right we're gonna kill each other <laughs> right because <laughs> we are we are twins yes but we're opposites in a lot of ways like um alicia's i am the bright colored one today but that is not the norm my favorite colors are brown, green, natural colors. Hers are red, orange, and turquoise together, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> it's just we're, it, we're complete opposites in a lot of things. I am the list for list person. I am the person that, you know, rules soothe me, right? Because I know my, my what I can do and cannot do. And Alicia's like, eh. They're just there for something, you know, just a parameter. <laughs> She's not that bad. But we're opposites in a lot of ways. And so when God placed that in our hearts, it took a year for us to even fill out the application. We're like, and then all of a sudden, as God does, 
he drops a dream and a passion in both of our hearts. And uh, so we said, you know what, God, if you want us to go together, we will apply. But since the AG has never um, experienced anything like this, they weren't sure about us. In fact, when we applied, they're like, you guys want to go together? We're like, yeah. And so we went through the process. We put a fleece before the Lord going, God, we know you've called us. But if they say no at any time, then we know we're going to have to, like, think of something. And they greenlighted us all the way through. And so um, we are on our way to Edinburgh, Scotland, which is the capital of Scotland. And uh, I don't know if you guys know some fun facts about Scotland. First of all, there is kilts. Anybody? The men, actually, when you get married, you would get married in your kilt. And it's not just, you know, for tourists or anything. It's legit. When you reach your age that you, you know, pretty much, not, you know, stop growing, you get your full kilt outfit, which costs up to $500 to $1,000. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you wear it for everything important. Weddings, graduations, all that kind of stuff. And it's for your clan tartan, which is similar to this, but this is tartan Walmart. But, um... <laughs> So this is, you know, you have your own, if you guys have all the, all the plaids, which has been huge this year, which has helped us quite, quite well, because that is, for every clan has their own tartan. And so when you walk down the street and you see the tartan, you know what clan they belong to. And so it's important. That's still a thing. Um, bagpipes, I heard almost every single day that I was there. They play them. They love them. I love them. Some people find them annoying, but I do not. So it's a God thing. Um, haggis, does anybody know what haggis is? It's a national food. And what it is, it's various insides, mainly of a sheep, kidneys, different, different things. I know, right? It sounds gross, but it's delicious. But um, so various things that you, you grind up with oats and other things. And then seasonings like sage and all that kind of fun stuff. It kind of has a similar flavoring to our Thanksgiving stuffing. And then it's shoved into a sheep's stomach, <laughs> boiled, <laughs> and then you split it out and that's what you eat. And that is your national dish and it's not, again, like just for special occasions. They eat it daily. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I love it with eggs for breakfast. It's really good. And then castles, almost every clan had a castle. So they have castles everywhere. Most of them are ruins, but they're fun. They're absolutely fun. And then there's, if you guys are thankful for penicillin, it was invented in Scotland. So you can thank a Scot for that. I know I've had to take it the last week, so I was pretty excited for that. Um, electricity, he was Scottish. In fact, his house was just a few blocks from where I lived. Um, this is a praise Jesus moment. The Scots invented the flushing toilet. That is like praise Jesus moment. And I don't know if you've seen, if you walked by our table, you saw a bunch of unicorns, and you're like, what on earth are these missionaries about? The national animal for Scotland is the unicorn. Now, it's not the fluffy pink, although we have pink unicorns out there. It's not that. Back in the day, the unicorns were considered like a mythical dragon. They were fierce. 
they were unpredictable, they were um, ferocious, and they would uh, attack, right, if they felt threatened. And the castles were like your business card. So if someone walked into your castle, the first thing they saw was representation of your clan. So if you wanted other clans that might come um, take over or something, that you, you needed them to know this is who we are. So they would carve these ferocious unicorns. Now they have like fire coming out of their mouths, they have fangs, some of them, but they, you know, they have the horn. But they needed to let people know we're unpredictable, we're fierce, so don't try it. And that's the unicorn. So that is why it's the unicorn. And then on top of it, um, to make it even more uh, prickly, the national flower is the thistle, which for us, it's a weed. <laughs> but for them, it's their national flower. I've been to a castle where, and uh, a church where everything carved in it is a thistle and it's actually quite beautiful because of all the edges and stuff like that and then in order to get to the castle you have to walk through fields of thistle and it's it's quite it's very very cool so that is a little bit about scotland but it is also one of the darkest spiritual places on the planet I don't know if you know this, but Europe is now considered the most lost continent on the planet. A place where people have assumed is Christian, is not. And in fact, one to three percent of people actually know who Jesus is. And I have a little illustration with this. This is representation of the United States. Puffballs are amazing, right? Because I can show you the purple puffballs represent Christians, I mean unsaved people, right? And the white puffballs represent Christians. Now this is not people who say they're Christians. This is actually people who live out the Christian walk. Because how you guys know you can say you're a Christian, but not live it. So this is, according to studies, 25% of, of Americans actually live for Jesus. And that's what this represents. So as you can see, a purple puffball has a chance to run into a Christian, right? You guys are probably here because someone had a personal contact with you. Someone shared Christ with you. That's why you're here. Well, Scotland and Europe is represented by this. The purple puffballs are lost. The white puffball represents the Christians. So imagine this, a European and a Scot can go their whole life without ever meeting a Christian, ever. It's not a Christian nation. It hasn't been for 100 years. It's just, can you imagine that? Never giving an opportunity to know who Jesus is. In fact, the 1% to 3%, depending on different parts of Europe, it makes it less than India, Egypt, or Indonesia. There are less Christians in those three places. And uh, why? A lot of it has to do with the new worldview that is called um, secularism. It's a whole new worldview, like Islam, Muslim, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's considered brand new. It's never had this big of a variety, I mean, big of a, a range. And it's called secularism. It means 
I have my own moral code, and you can't tell me any different. We see it here in America a lot. I don't know if you've heard the phrases, you be you. Whatever makes you happy, you need to go find your happiness. That is secularism. Because nobody has any authority in your life but you. My opinion's more important than what you say. My truth is more important than what you say, even if it's detrimental to my being. That's secularism. And in fact, um, it creates depression. Because how many of you guys know that self is very much a, you can get old. <laughs> I get tired of myself. And with Jesus, we have hope and we have joy, we have peace. We have all those things. But if you are only responsible, the only person that can speak truth into your life, you're going to tell yourself some wrong stuff. And so there's depression, um, there's alcoholism like I've never seen before in my life. And it's all because there is no hope whatsoever. I've never seen people walk around. The city is 500,000 people. And the days that I would walk through the city, I wouldn't talk to anyone because nobody wants to talk to you. They're all like, I've seen people wear the craziest stuff on the streets. Like if you're drunk, you really don't care what people think of you, right? And so I've seen crazy things and people just walk on by because nobody wants to deal with anybody. Everyone else is depressed and there's no hope. But we are called to go show Jesus for the first time to a lot of these people. I worked with a church plant. There's only one AG church in all of the city of 500,000 people. And we have 15 to 30 people and we've worked hard. <laughs> for those 15 to 30 people. We don't have a building, we rent, and, um, but they have never seen a Christian community like that before. Yes, there's churches, but there are, there are a lot of them. I knew in one week, there's four of them that closed down. And they're being turned into restaurants, apartments, mosques. The Muslim community is coming huge in that area. But they've never seen a group of Christians living out Christ, ever. They don't know anything about Jesus. I asked them about who Joseph was or anybody in the Bible, and they're like, I don't know. They don't. And so we want to go love on these people. We want to show them Christ for the first time. Eventually, we want to open a community center because that's their culture. It's raining there all the time. In the winter, there's maybe five hours of daylight if it's not raining. And we live right next to the North Sea, so it's raining all the time. I went three years without one day it got to 80 degrees. That's the hottest I got in three years. <laughs> so hot weather, not good. So um, we want to open a community center because that's where they go to, to have birthday parties and all that kind of stuff. But we want to have a Christian one and eventually plant churches out of that because they need it. They need hope. They need um, reassurance that they're not alone. And so that's a little bit of what we, who we are, what we're going to be doing, and why we're going. And uh, Alicia's going to come up and share a little word for you that we have felt God placed in our hearts, not just for Scotland, but for, for you. She actually specifically got this for you guys. So we just pray that, um, that God's voice in his heart will speak to you. 
I do have to say, excuse our high-tech papers. Our printer went out this week, so <laughs> it's old, old school paper. That's why <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Just had to clarify. Let's do that. But it's great to be here this morning. It has been awesome. We got to drive around a little bit last night, and this very we actually very much enjoyed your community. So we love that, and the outreach that you guys do is amazing. And keep keep it's just awesome we love it and um, people need to know about christ that is absolutely um so yes when we started this process god gave us something that i believe for a promise a word to um, to go over to scotland for but this week um another scripture kept coming to mind and so i'm sort of going to try and put them together a little bit so we're going to try and flow it go through that but in Nehemiah 8.10, I'm going to start there. This week, over and over and over again, the phrase, the joy of the Lord is your strength, kept coming to me. The joy of the Lord is your strength, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm like, okay, let's see what this means, right? So Nehemiah 8.10, it says, And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is the sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we hear this scripture a lot. How many of you guys heard that scripture a lot? And um, growing up in the church, we had the song, um, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Heard that one? Anyone else? Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yes, believe it or not, I grew up in the church and, um, uh, 80s and early 90s, and that, that was a very um, popular song. So we've heard it a lot, the joy lords is strength. And joy is one of my favorite topics. I love it. And so I've looked into it a little bit. So we quote the scripture, we say it a lot, but what's going on around it? What's happening is Israel, once again, is at a point where they had a, had a come to Jesus moment right? They were far away. If you know Israel, they go up and down, up and down, up and down in relationship with Christ. And at this time, they are finally hearing the law of God again. And when they hear it, this time they're repentant, and they are starting to weep and cry and say, oh my word, we have not been following God. And they were starting to start a very long, hard process of getting right with Christ, getting right with God. So it says here, Nehemiah, it said that um, um, they're about, it says that just at that time, as Israel started weeping, so Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Okay, so what's happening here is they're starting the process of long, hard work. And God says through Nehemiah, wait. Just wait a second. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stop. I'm gonna, you're going to rest. You're going to eat. It says rich foods and all this stuff. Not only that, you're going to give to people who don't, know, don't have food. So they are also fortified. They are also resting and getting energized. And it says, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. He's saying, you are going to go through something very hard right now. You are going to go through a process that is going to put you through things. 
And what's going to get you through that is my joy. The joy of the Lord is the strength that's going to get you through what's going to be difficult in the days ahead. It was so important to God, he said, stop. Stop what you're doing. Get the joy. And joy is not based on feelings or circumstances. It is a deep-rooted, inspired happiness. Um, it's, it's a settled state of contentment, confidence, hope in Christ. And this is one, one thing I um, read is that God, it means that we know that God is in control of all details of our lives. And I don't know why I kept coming to this, but maybe someone here needs to know that God is in control of every detail of your life. And he's saying the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you maybe start to, I mean, as a nation, we've walked through hard things, right? <laughs> but maybe there's, God is asking us to stop. Wait a second. Rest in me. Have that confidence that is beyond feelings, that is beyond circumstances. Rest in me and know that I am in control of every aspect of your life. And know that the joy of the Lord is the strength that's going to get you through what's coming ahead. And so that is what kept coming to me this week for you guys, is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we can rest in that. And it's not a feeling, it's not based on circumstances, but it's knowing. It is an inspired happiness. And it, and it is something that we know that God is in control of every detail. Another part of the joy that I love is that it even says what got Jesus through the cross. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So even got Jesus through that, knowing that God, is just this peaceful settling of knowing that God is in charge of every detail, got him through the most difficult thing anyone has ever had to deal with, and that is the cross and dying for our sins. So just so you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength this morning. All right? So that leads to another part where Israel is once again <laughs> in, a, in a situation. All right? So if you want to go to Isaiah 43, we're going to go to that one. And we're going to start in verse 15. Once again, we're going to very familiar chapter and very familiar verse as well. And it says, I'm going to start in verse 15. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to um, go from there. Isaiah, um, sorry, 43. Just joking. 43. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Actually, I'm going to stop right there. The same time as Israel is going through what we just mentioned before about God saying, stop, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Once again, they're in a situation where they're wondering where God is at. They're in captivity. They're saying, God, you promised you're going to be with us. You promised we were your children. How many of you guys have been there? <laughs> like, God, you promised I'm your child. I know. And I'm wondering where you're at. What is going on in this circumstance? 
And God comes along and says, well, look what I've already done for you. How many of you guys need to stop and say and remember what God has already done for you? What has he already brought you through? Um, I don't know. My sister and I have gone through so much in our lives that sometimes I, one time I made a list of everything that I was thinking for, that God brought me through or brought into my life. And I, I had three pages front and back of things that God has given me. Of course, and I thanked him for everything, like family, friends, Disneyland, you know. Thanked him for all those things. And um, front and back, three pages, and that was just for one hour's worth. So God is faithful, and whether you believe it or not, the breath that you're breathing this morning is the gift from God. And he is worthy of praise and honor with just being here this morning. And so God comes along and says, look at what I already did. I brought you through the Red Sea. Probably one of the most significant events in history is the parting of the Red Sea. We still talk about it. We still wonder about it. The pastor I was um, that had growing up, he was convinced that fish came up and just swam and waved at them and waved on. And he said he believes that some of them actually dumped out on the thing and they had dinner right there ready for him. Like God provided even then. He was convinced of that. And uh, he actually preached on it quite a lot. And so obviously it was something that he thought about. Um, so it was a very significant part of history. And he's saying, remember that. And so today... Remember what God has done for you. Remember those things. And allow God to then fortify you and encourage you in that as well. But the cool thing is God loves us. God loves you more than just allowing you to stay there. And a whole nation that had a significant event, God continues on and We'll read that in a second. He's, he's saying, I love you enough that I want you to continue to grow and I want you to continue to walk in your journey beyond where you are right now. It says in verse 18, but forget that all that, it is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See how I've already begun, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The animals in the, in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. So there's a few things in here. Okay, we've established number one, remember what God's done but don't allow that to become your identity. Don't stay there. Because God wants to do something new. And that is a scripture we believe God has given us for Scotland and also for you guys. Especially for a, a country like Scotland has such deep history, deep, deep history, that everyone knows a lot about Scotland. And we talk about there are ruins in Scotland that were ruins before America was even a country. It is so old, so much history. But God is telling us and reminding us that there is something that he wants to do that's new. This is not okay for God. This is not okay. Because there's people who need to know that he died for them, he loves them, and he has a purpose for their lives. And the same people here in your community, there's people that need to know that there is a God who loves them, who died for them, 
and wants to give them a fulfilling life for eternity with him. And he's saying here, he's like, we, have, we must go beyond this. We must go beyond this. I want to do something new. I want to create rivers in the dry wasteland. And in Wyoming, I don't know if you guys, um, Nebraska, I've gone through, we actually, um, our family's from Kansas, for the most part, my grandma's family and every, in Colby area, which is, um, so McCook, I'm not, I don't know how far McCook, Nebraska is from here, but I don't think it's that far. And we used to live in Kansas when we were um, kids, and we used to go to McCook for shopping all the time. So I always know that. But I don't know other else besides, um, I don't know very much about Nebraska, except for we would come every once in a while. But for Wyoming, I know a lot, because I've been there a long time. And when it gets dry, it gets dry. We're talking cracked soil, dirt everywhere, the dirt devils are everywhere, all that stuff. So when it's dry wasteland, it is a dry waste land. And sometimes in our lives, we can feel that dry, we can feel that crack, that cracked surface, and there's that dryness. So those of you here that may be going through that dry wasteland, God wants to let you know that there is going, he wants to do something new in your life and bring waters, living waters in the dry wasteland. He wants to bring living waters in the dry wasteland of Scotland into the dry wasteland that only is 1% where people actually know who Jesus is. And there's a few things about this scripture that I love. I'm a visual person. Um, I actually went to school for music, so um, I'm a little more, so the definition of us two, I'm basically I'm the more artsy fartsy one, okay? I like, you know, that type of thing. So I'm a very visual person. And so when I read this scripture, the visual thing that I love about this is there's two things. Number one is that the rivers of living water comes and it changes the landscape of the area. So sometimes we need a change of landscape, whether it be gifts that you have not used for a long time, and God has asked you to use those gifts before, but you have not used them for a while. God is saying, I want to change the landscape of that. I want to change how that looks. Whether it be finances, relationships, even your relationship with Christ, if you do not know who he is or have not accepted him in your life today, he wants to change the landscape of your life. He wants to bring the rivers of living water for eternity into your life this morning. He loves you. And it says it literally changes the landscape. So in Wyoming, the dry cracked, go back to that, when it's dry and everything and the waters come, there's all of a sudden flowers and water that appears that it was not there 30 minutes ago, right? So it literally changes what it looks like. So then, number two, it changes the reputation of that area. No longer is it dry, is it dead, but it says here that it's also bringing living, it's bringing life to those around it. It says the jackals and owls are going to thank God for the life it's receiving from a previous dried up area. So those gifts, again, that you may have in your life, or like you said, the relationships, the finances, the uh, whatever it is, that things that are dried up, Scotland, it's dried up. We're believing that it's not only going to change the landscape, it's going to change the reputation of the area that God touches. 
He is going to change the reputation of the thing in your life that is now going to bring life, living life, to the people around you. So one of the examples we love to do is my father, okay? He is a um, Vietnam veteran. He was a Marine, and he was one of the very first ones over there. So he had it rough. And because of that, um, he has PTSD problems, but he loves Jesus. And so, I mean, I, he's, he's a walking miracle. He really is. He's functioning more than most people. Like some of the people at the VA are like, I can't believe you're as good as you, do, as, good as you are. But he's the best daddy in the world. We love him because he raised us loving Jesus. But before he met God, when he came back from Vietnam, he was the worst. His reputation was in his neighborhood. Oh, that's Eli. Mm. He was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. He wanted to die. He literally caused fights. In fact, he was in the, a coma for a month before my mom met him because he got in a bar fight. And to this day, he has no smell because of the brain injury. Like, he was a mess. All right? Talk about a reputation. Talk about a dry desert place. But then he said, he told God after getting out of the hospital, he's like, okay, God, if you are real and you, this is true, I give you 90 days to change my life. And if you don't change it and nothing happens in 90 days, I'm walking away and I'm basically, I'm going to die. Instantly, God saved him. God delivered him. No more cravings, nothing. He instantly was following God. And now his reputation changed from Eli the, mm, to, oh my word, there comes the guy who loves Jesus. You know? Let's, do, let's whoa, you know? His reputation changed. And it's, that's a very extreme example. But it's something I wanted, you know, so we, a visual again so that we can hear and know that God can change a dry desert place change the reputation of what it is, and then now people can get life from it. We got life from my father because he allowed God to change the dry desert place in his area. The same for a nation with 1% of people who know Christ. We are believing that God is going to change the reputation and bring life to a dry desert place. And instead of just being known for the flushing toilet and the and cartons and a unicorn, we are believing that Scotland is going to be known as the country and a nation that loves Jesus and is going as following him with all their hearts. And that is what we are believing for. And for you this morning, I am praying that number one, that you allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. The thing that you're going to have to walk through, the things that you're walking through, he's asking us to stop rest in him know who he is beyond circumstances beyond feelings that have the joy in us so that he is the strength to walk us through and if you're going through a dry desert place the joy of the lord is your strength and not only that he's asking us to allow him to do new things behold i am doing new things behold i want to do something that you've never seen before in your life we have to let him. We have to seek him. We have to follow him, and we have to love him. And when we do that, he is going to bring rivers of living water that changes the landscape of, the air, of those areas and also will allow other people to get life from you. As Christians, that is who we are supposed to be. 
We are supposed to be people that give life to those around us. And that is what we are believing for a nation that doesn't. And that's what I'm believing for you. And that is what we are here this morning to encourage you in, is that God is doing a new thing. And he's doing a new thing in you this morning. So this, so as um, I close up, I'm going to pray. And um, I like to give a little bit of response time in my prayer, just, um, just where you're at. Um, just start the conversation with him maybe in those areas. And then we have a video for you guys that we would love to show you at the very end. And it is, it is of the people that we work with the, um, and some pictures of the culture. You're going to see some buildings and stuff. We just wanted you to see some of the culture. Um, the, the people that you see that are in living rooms, um, I don't know, gathering areas, those are actually the part of the church that we are, are going to be a part of, that Margo is a part of. And also, if you see a minion that's there, I like to point out that's Margo dressed up as a minion um, as a, for a children's thing. We actually have one of the most um, successful there we go, children's um, places wherever in the city of Edinburgh. Um, so that is something that is awesome that the church does. So you'll see pictures of that. So we wanted to show you some of that. And then also... At the other table, yes, we have lots of stuff for you. We have free, if anyone likes hankies, that's a very UK thing. But we also have free tea for you. We have free mugs for you. We also have our prayer cards. Our special is two for the price of one, and they're free. Can't beat that. <laughs> and then also we have a few things for donations if you would like. But please come visit us. We'd love to see you. So sorry about that little change. We forgot about that. So right now, let's change back to what God wants to do in your life. So if you want to pray with me this morning, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Lord, we just thank you so much for who you are, God. God, we praise you, Lord, that you are God. Your ways are higher than our ways. Lord, there is, um, there's no one, nothing else, Lord, like you. Lord, we praise you this morning. We thank you that you love us so much, that you don't just drop us here on this earth and you leave us, but Lord, you give us a life, you give us hope, you give us joy, and we thank you for that. You give us direction. We praise you for that, God. So this morning, as we talked about the joy of the Lord or, um, during those dry desert places, if anyone here is going through a dry desert place right now and you're wondering where God is at, I invite you right now to talk to him. Just to say, God, I am going through this. I'm going through this relationship issue that is just so dry, that is so much more than what I can handle. God, I give this to you right now. I give this to you, Jesus. So right now, just talk to him for just a couple of seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you reach down and you touch us even in those places and that you don't want us to stay there. But God, you want us to walk out in faith and step out into, into things that are new in you, God. So if anyone here is in a place where you feel like you're ready to step out, but you've been afraid, whether it be the giftings that God has called you in, whether it be a, a new step in your relationships, whether it be a new step financially, spiritually, that God is asking you, hey, I really would like time with you every day. 
I really, really would. And you need to step out into that new area. And you need to step out into something that's new. God wants to talk to you about that this morning as well. So just take a couple seconds and start talking about those areas that you know you need rivers of life. And God wants you to step out into, into those new things. We thank you, God. We thank you for the new stuff that's going to be coming out, Lord. We thank you for the new things that we are going to be stepping into. We thank you for a country that we've come and we've been able to share our hearts for. But we also pray for Lexington, Nebraska, Lord, that new things will happen. Rivers of living water and dry wastelands, Lord. We pray for that in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for the changed landscapes. We thank you for the changed reputations that are going to be happening, Lord, here and also in Scotland. Lord, we, we stand firm on your word and in your promises, God, and we know, God, that you're going to do those things, Lord. We pray for lots and lots of people, Lord, to come to know who you are, the true joy, the true joy and the peace, God, that comes through you, Lord. There's people that are literally dying to know true peace, Lord, we thank you for that. And ultimately, God, all of this, according to the scripture, is to glorify you. God, that you would be glorified, you would be honored in the name of Jesus. So right now, just honor him. If, if you've never done before, it's fine. Just tell him who he is. He loves to hear from you. Praise your name. God, you are God, you are king. We praise you, God. Thank you for the breath this morning, God. We thank you that you're Alpha Omega, beginning and the end, God. We praise your name, Jesus. God, you, give, you deserve all the glory and all the praise. We praise your name, Jesus. Again, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for our time. And we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So we have our video for you.